feel the, I feel the Lord doing something in the building. Come on, come on, come on. I feel the Lord doing something. We didn't come for form or fashion, but we came to receive what God desires to release into our life. I, I, I wish I had somebody just wave your hands. Give God praise. Just thank him. For he's a great God, a mighty God. Nothing is too hard for him. You heard it uttered in the songs on this morning. Some of us, the situations around us seem to be so big. And what the enemy wants to make us think is that God is not with us. That we're in this thing by ourselves. But we've heard the song that we are surrounded by God. And understand anywhere God is. Anywhere he steps, anywhere he moves, there's a breakthrough, there's a deliverance. Bondages can't, can't stand. Things have to be loose. They have to be set free. I, I don't know who's needing it this morning, but I hear the Lord saying, I want to release some things. I want to deliver. I, I want to bring healing. I want to bring restoration. I want to do what you can't do. I wish somebody would just press in this morning. Give God glory, give him thanks, give him praise, for he's yet worthy to be praised. I want to give you just a couple other minutes just to glor glorify God. Push into his presence on this morning. Push past how you feel. Push past your circumstance. Uh, push past what you left at home. Put pa push past what you had to deal with on last week because God is trying to release some things. He, he's trying to uh, uh, accelerate some things in your life. He's trying to bring elevation. He's trying to expose you to some things. I wish somebody would receive that on this morning. Glory to God. We serve an awesome God, worthy to be exalted, worthy to be magnified. Oh God, he said, when I be lifted up, I draw all men unto me. Uh, something about lifting up the name of Jesus. The children of Israel walked around the Jericho wall. The Bible says they walked around for days in silence, but there came a time where they had to open their mouth. Ah, uh, because when they opened their mouth, the walls came down. I wish somebody would open your mouth, open your mouth, that whatever's standing before you has to bow. It has to come down. It cannot stand. I wish I had somebody who just glorify God in this building because he's an awesome God. God is trying to do a new thing in you. Ah, he's trying to get rid of the old and usher in the new. Ah, he's trying to fill you, that your cup will overflow. Glory to God. He's trying to put fresh oil on you. He's trying to get you to push past what you see with your natural eyes. I'm reminded of the prophet. The prophet, the, the, the servant, went out, woke up one morning and looked across the hill and saw the, 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 the numerous army. Uh, and he went to the man of God and because of what he saw with his natural eyes, the man of God prayed that God would open his spiritual eyes that he could see that they that was for them was more than those against them. I don't know who I'm talking to, uh, but if God is for you, he's more than the whole world against you. 
Ah, I don't care whatever sickness, I don't care whatever financial condition, I don't care whatever thing that is there, it cannot stand. In 2024, it has to bow, it has to come down. I, I wish I had somebody that would believe that and receive it in this building on today. He's worthy. Ah, we bless the name of the Lord. We bless him. 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 Ah, he's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Worthy to be exalted. Yeah, yeah. Glory to God. Uh, I know we got to move. Uh, but there's something sweet about this spot right here. Uh, something sweet about this spot. Uh, God said, if you press in, I'll release. He said, if you press in, I'll release. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We ain't fasting and praying for nothing. Ah, glory to God. I need something from the Lord. Ah, I need something from the Lord. My soul cries out. It's my soul that cries out. Hey. Hey. Do a work in us, Lord. Do a work in us. Glory to God. Let's pray while we're right there. Father, we honor you today. We thank you for just allowing us another opportunity to come into the house of God. God, we don't take it for granted. This is not a thing that we do to check a box. But we understand that when we come into your presence, when we gather with the people of God, our brothers and sisters, that strength, that's power in unity. For it is there that you command the blessing. So, Father, you know what we need. You said that you withhold no good thing from us. So, Father, as we come today... God, humble before you. God, many of us have laid before you. Many of us have fasted on this week. God, not for material things, but for you. Because we know, God, that when we draw down to you, you will draw down to us. So, Father, we thank you. We've assembled here. We are drawing now to you. So, God, do what you want to do in this place. Oh, God, touch it like you want to touch. Yes, Lord. God, I pray that as we came in one way, we will leave different. Yes, Lord. Oh, God, we will leave empowered, strengthened, changed, renewed. Yes, oh, God, because of your presence. Yes, so, Father, I pray that as I've studied, I pray that I may decrease, that you may increase. I pray that the Holy Spirit will do what he wants to do in and through me to declare your truth on today. We thank you for this new series. Thank you, God, for how you want us to snip some things off of our life so that we could be light, 
so that we could walk into the fullness of that you desire for our life. So bless us to be able to receive your blessed word on today. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on and put your hands together. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What an awesome God we serve. Come on and greet your neighbor. Say, I'm glad to see you on today. Glad to see you on today. Glad to see you on today. Amen. Glad to see you on today. It's good to be able to be seen. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. As I look across this room, it's good to see your faces on this morning. Amen. Fasting cause you to fall out. Amen. Glory to God. But you're pressing. Amen. And understand God sees that. And God honors the press. Amen. We thank God for our guests. Amen. That are in the house of faith on today. If you're a guest, uh, would you stand? Would you stand for us? If you're a guest. Amen. First time here. First time here. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So glad to see you. Amen. My sister and her husband. Amen. Kids are in the building. Amen. We thank God for them on today. Amen. God is good. Amen. Amen. Give our praise team a hand clap. We thank God for them. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. Wonderful band. Amen. Do a, such a great job. Amen. Our media team and all those that are serving here at Faith. Amen. Our ushers and greeters. Amen. Those that are working with our youth, we thank God for you on today. Amen. I'm excited. Amen. About being in the house of the Lord. Amen. God is good. Amen. This morning, we're starting our first series of 2024. Amen. Our first series. And I'm excited about it. Uh, how many people want more God in 2024? Amen. How, wanna, how many people want to be better spiritually in 2024? Amen. So this series, along with our corporate fast, is going to help us jumpstart into a year of better. Better. Into a year of better. Amen. We have said that this is going to be a year of acceleration, elevation, and exposure. Uh, not only for us corporately, but understand God has to do these things in our natural life first. Because we make up the church. So God has to bring about those three things in our life in order to elevate the church to where he desires it to be. And, you know, what, what I love about God is God loves us so much that he would do that oftentimes when we can't see it. We don't know how it's going to happen. But he does it because he loves us. So as we begin... Uh, this series uh, entitled Branching Out, by the way, it's Branching Out. Uh, over the next several weeks, we're going to branch out and explore the familiar story of the Garden of Eden. Yeah, we're going to look in the first book. We're going to look into Genesis and see what God has to say to us because this story is power-packed. It exposes the roots of attitudes, behaviors, uh, and beliefs. Uh, that need to be snipped off in order for us to experience the fullness of what God wants to do in and through our lives. How many know sometimes you got to snip some things in order for them to grow? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, we got to snip some things. So some of you, some of you know, uh, and some of you don't know, but for 16 years, I owned a landscaping company. Uh, 
what I would consider a successful landscaping company. We not only cut grass, uh, but we uh, renovated lawns. Renovated lawns, we sowed sod, uh, sowed seed, uh, we planted shrubs and trees, we did put in irrigation. Uh, we did all of those things, but one of the things that I loved was pruning, was pruning. And what you see here is, uh, this is, this is old. This is, I mean, I did it for 16 years. I've been out of the business probably for some, uh, maybe close to 16, close to 16 years. Uh, so these are some of the first snips that I ever bought. And what I, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I like to buy quality. I like to buy stuff that's going to last. Yeah. Amen. I, I don't want to buy stuff and I got to keep replacing uh, so what you see here is probably, you know, over 20 years old uh, and still works. Uh, but one of the things that I loved to do was pruning. Because what I understood in the midst of, of pruning, I, I love to work outside. I love to see things beautified. Um, and one of the things that pruning does, it does, it does not only uh, allow the plant or make the plant uh, beautiful. We're not only after uh, the beautification of the plant. But we're after the plant producing its greatest potential. Uh, and oftentimes, in order to do that, it has to be snipped. It has to be pruned. It has to be cut. Um, because truth of the matter is, is that when you snip something, uh, especially when we're talking about plants, uh, when you snip it, it allows it potential to grow. It allows it potential to produce and get to the point where the plant was originally created uh, to perform its maximum potential. And for us as believers, we have to understand that God wants us at our maximum potential. Uh, I wish I had a witness in here. Uh, see, I, I, I want to be in 2024, I want to be at my maximum potential. I don't want to leave anything on the table. I know God will renew me for 2025. He will strengthen me for 2025. But there are some things that are in me that need to be pushed out in 2024. Uh, and so in order to do them, sometimes we have to prune. So prune is powerful. It's powerful. Pruning is powerful. It is purposeful. And pruning releases potential. Every snip, understand, stimulates growth. So if I cut it at the bottom, uh, understand it's going to help stimulate growth up top. Uh, and not only that, but I want to snip where things are dead. Yeah. See, because when I snip where things are dead, then that energy that's going to that dead leaf is able to go to something living. Yeah. Ah. And sometimes God wants to snip off some dead stuff in our life. Yeah, some dead stuff in our life, some stuff that we've been carrying around that's been weighing us down uh, in order that's prohibiting us from fulfilling our potential, prohibiting us from truly living the life that God has purpose and destined for our lives. And I don't know about you, but in 2024, again, I want to live at my fullest potential. Do I have any witnesses in the building? I want to live at my fullest potential, so I got to take some time. I got to, I got to cut out some things because nothing is worse than being smothered and not allowing uh, air to come in. 
And that's another thing that pruning does. You prune a, a, a particular leaf, it allows air circulation to get in. Not only that, but it allows light to illuminate into the plant in order to strengthen it so that it can be everything that God has called it to be because God created it as well. Okay? All right. So the same thing with us. So there needs to be sometimes some pruning. Does it hurt? All right. All right. So you already know. You already know sometimes pruning hurts, but the result is better. Amen. Yeah, a, 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 a little suffering up front will produce greater on the end. Ah, ah. And God says something about good fruit because this is a fig tree, by the way, a fig tree. Uh, did anybody know that? Oh, well. Okay, all right. This is a fig tree. So it produces, its goal is to produce figs. Uh, so we're after good fruit, good fruit from the plant. And God is after good fruit in our lives. He's after good fruit. Yeah, somebody say good fruit. I mean, we see this. Look, look at what Matthew, I'm going to start at Matthew 7, 17 through 18. We've got a little ways to go. But look what, look, look what he says. He says, likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree, bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. So can I suggest to you that God is concerned about the fruit we bear? Yeah, he's concerned about it. If it's in his word, he's concerned about it. He doesn't want us uh, to, pro to, be, uh, to produce bad fruit because that means that we're a bad tree. So in order to be good, uh, uh, to produce something good, we got to be good. Then God knows that there's goodness down inside of us. I mean, this is one of the fruits of the Spirit is, to, is goodness. God has put this inside of us, and there's an expectation that uh, we live it out so that we can produce the fruit that God desires for us to produce. So, by the way, how is your fruit? Not your neighbor. Not your neighbor. No. Because we often look at other people. Yeah, it's kind of the speck in your, uh, the beam in your eye and the speck in somebody else. I mean, God wants us to examine ourselves. So how is your fruit? How is your fruit in your spiritual life? How is your fruit in relationships? How is your fruit in finances? How is your fruit in serving? Are you flourishing in those areas? Oh, look at that. Out of the mouth of babes. Ah, ah, look at that. I mean, is there any area of your life that needs work? I mean, is there an area that needs some dead things pruned so that it can flourish? So I don't know about anybody else, but I want to flourish in 2024. Oh, anybody want to flourish in 2024? I want to flourish as a man. I want to flourish as a husband. I want to flourish as a father. I want to flourish as a pastor. I want to flourish as a son. I want to flourish as a friend. Every area of my life in 2024, I want to find myself flourishing in. Huh. 
Because it's critical. It's critical. I refuse to carry around dead weight that's going to keep me bound. And truth of the matter is, it's not until we refuse to do that, then we are able to snip those things off of our life in order for us to walk into the divine purpose and plan that God has for our lives. I know often we want God to do some things, but sometimes we got to be big, bad, and bold enough, put on our big boy britches, big girl britches, and realize that there's some things in our lives that we just need to deal with. Uh, so as we branch out and explore the story of the garden, we're going to see how God has formed us to flourish in every area of our life, spiritually, relationally, materially, vocationally, and mentally. God wants us to flourish. Matter of fact, look at your neighbor and tell him, we, you were formed to flourish Spiritually, relationally, materially, vocationally, and mentally. That's right. That's right. That's right. So since God has called us or formed us to flourish, the questions have to be asked is do you believe that God has formed you to flourish? Do you believe? Uh, yeah. Do you believe? Yeah, scripture, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you don't believe it, it'll never happen. You got to first believe it first. That, that's, that's the genesis of it. When we believe it, then we're able to grab hold to what God has destined and planned for our lives. It starts with believing. So if we believe it, then the question is, are you flourishing? Because God wants us to flourish in, again, every area, our marriage, our singleness, business, job, health, family, and friends, and our Christian walk. And if so, how can you flourish more? If you are flourishing, if things are good, you don't, I mean, things are just well in those areas, how can it be better? Because God does not want us content. He wants us always pushing to be better. Striving. Paul said, I, I, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He says, I pray. He says, I hadn't arrived. No, there may be some things good. There, there may be some things that are better uh, in my life than somebody else's life. But the truth of the matter is, I've not reached my maximum yet. So I got to keep on reaching. And if not, what is keeping you from experiencing what God has already provided? Key there is already provided. We'll deal with that. So what would happen if we cut off or cut out some things that are stopping us to flourish? What, what, what would happen if we took our snips and cut out those things in our life? What would happen if we would just find the root of it and snip it? Because it's critical that you find the root. <laughs> yeah, the root. Because if you don't get the root, understand the potential for it to grow back is there. But our job is to analyze our life and find the root cause of things 
and begin to cut those things out so that we can flourish like God intended us to flourish. So what would happen if we cut those things out so that we could grow closer to God and then allow God to cut out the rest? Yeah, us, we do our part and then we let God do his. Yeah, not, not letting him do all the work. No, not letting him do all the heavy lifting. No, but, but we begin to do some things in our lives to show God that, God, I'm thirsty for you. I'm thirsty for your purpose. I'm thirsty for your plan. I'm thirsty for the goal that you've designed for my life. I mean, this is my prayer throughout this series. Lord, help us to cut off and cut out the things that are hindering us from flourishing and getting closer to you. And we trust you to cut out the rest. This should be our prayer. So this morning, as we start, we're going to, again, begin in Genesis 1 and 1. And I want to use for a subject topic this morning, the myth of more. The myth of more. The myth of more. Yeah, we'll get there. But look at, look at what the writer Moses, he's the author of Genesis. Look what he says, Genesis 1 and 1. He says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now understand, there are those who say the universe appeared after a sudden explosion. Yeah. Others say God started the process and the universe evolved over billions of years. In fact, almost every ancient religion has its own story to explain how the world came about. I mean, almost every scientist probably can give you uh, uh, some origin, their opinion on the origin of the universe, but the Bible, yeah, the Bible, the infallible word of God, yeah, that that's going to stand forever, that that has been here before we got here, is here now, and will be here when we leave. The Bible declares that God created the earth and the heavens the heavens and the earth we may not know how we may not have all the answers but one thing we knew do know that the bible tells us that god did it yeah it wasn't by happenstance and as christians we have to believe that god created everything yeah don't rob god of his glory yeah yeah he took the time he did that so in chapter 2 Verse 4, we see Moses reiterating this uh, because when things are mentioned multiple times in the Bible, it's establishing foundation. It's establishing what is true. Uh, So that means that there's nothing that come against it because it, it has been declared in God's word. So he says in Genesis 1 and 4, this is the account of heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And then in verses 5 and 7, Moses dials in on the condition of the earth. So we understand that God created it, but what was the condition of the earth? Moses tells us, now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. So there wasn't no fig trees, none of that stuff existed when God created. And there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, 
and the man became a living being. What I love about God is he's a God of order. Yeah, he's a God of order. That's, that's what I love about him. We see order taking place here. God did not make plants before light because he understood that the plant would need light in order to live. Yeah, I mean, he's a God of order. God did not create man and then provide water. I, I, I mean, this is significant. God provided everything first and then allowed man to step into what he provided. See, when God created the earth, the text tells us that it was dry and barren. But I'm so glad he didn't leave it like that. He caused water to come up from the ground, and he formed man and breathed into, into him the breath, the, 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 the ruah of life. And man became a living being or a living soul. He became a nephesh. Yeah, he, he, he became alive. His body didn't do that. Only the breath that was blown into him allowed him to come to life. I don't know about you, but I thank God for his breath. Uh, breath every morning. Every morning. The reason that we are here is because of the breath of God, the ruah of God. He blows it into our life. We can't see it, but he does it. Oh, and I'm so glad about it this morning. So it's important to note that the Hebrew word for mankind is Adam. I didn't have that up there, but it's A-W-D-A-M. Adam. Adam. Which is translated as the proper name for Adam. And the Hebrew word for earth is Adama, Adama, A-D-A-M-A-H, Adama. So, Abra, so Adam, excuse me, the man was made from Adama, the ground. He breathed, God breathed the breath of life into a dirt man. So what does that tell us? What does that tell us that God did? First, just like Adam God formed you to, to flourish, to flourish. Because when God breathed the breath into Adam, it was in order for him to flourish. God, <laughs> yeah, I may get it on myself. Uh, he provided a flourishing place for a flourishing man. He, he, God provided the place first and then put Adam into the place so that he can flourish just like the place that he put him. Uh, so he made him from dirt, from, from dirt. The, the Latin word is humus. That's where we get our English word uh, humble from. So he made you from what it takes other things to flourish. Uh, I hope y'all with me on this. So the most valuable resource on earth, understand, is dirt. I mean, they can make more money, but they can't make more dirt. Ah, that's why you ought to hold on to a piece of land that you got, because understand, they're not making any more of it. They're not making any more. Ah, but, but, but we have to understand that, that, that God made, made Adam from dirt, so dirt is valuable. If we think about it naturally, dirt filters our water. Dirt helps to regulate our Earth's temperature. Dirt grows our crops. In fact, 95% of the food we eat is grown in dirt. So it's critical. Dirt is critical. See, the very thing that God formed you from, he called you to be. So this fig tree, understand, can only bear figs. 
Don't expect a pear. Don't expect an apple. It can only bear figs. So understand, because God created you out of dirt that's supposed to flourish, your fruit should be flourishing. Uh, Y'all ain't going to help me this morning. So we ought to find ourselves flourishing in every area of our life. Secondly, before Adam was formed, I told you God already provided for him. Out of the earth, out of the dirt, God created him. But not only did God create him, he caused streams to come up out of the earth. So God puts Adam, not in a dry and barren wilderness, which it was, but he put him in a place that he had the potential to flourish. That's another reason I love God. Because God always puts you somewhere that you can flourish. God always plants you somewhere uh, so that you can flourish. Uh, So that what's in you can come out of you. So what he has orchestrated uh, in eternity so that it won't lie dormant, he puts you in a place of fertility. He puts you in, uh, 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 that's why I love God. See, see, because uh, uh, God can't bless a mess, but he can bless some dirt. Uh, uh, uh. So, so, I mean, God does this. He, He has the ability. I mean, God knows the end of a thing from the beginning. He has already put what you need in the place before you got there. Uh, If I had time, I really would work that because truth of the matter is, can't nobody do that but God. Can't nobody take a barren wilderness and make it flourishing but God. Uh, let me bring it home. Can't, can't nobody take somebody that didn't get an education, uh, yet grew up on the wrong side of the track, uh, uh, and cause them to lead a business or, or to, 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 to have employees or, or to be leaders. Uh, can't nobody do that but God. Uh, he's able to do that. Matter of fact, look at what Psalms 92 and 13 and 14 says. It says, those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. My goodness. It says, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age, and they shall be fat and flourishing. (laughs) I mean, just like God planted Adam in Eden, God has planted you in his house. And because God has planted you in his house, the text says, Because you're in his house, you're supposed to flourish. The DNA of flourishing is in you. (laughs) Uh, That's the reason that he planted you here. He brought you here. And note that he says that even when you get old, that stuff ain't going to go away. Uh, Some old folks out there saying be praising the Lord right there. Uh, Because even in your old age, he said he'll make you fat and flourishing. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. So don't worry about how old I am. Yeah, just keep looking at what God is doing. Just keep looking how he's going to bless me. I, I'm going to get better and better. Uh, I wish I had a witness in here. Old folks ought to be saying, hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, because that's what God does. I mean, is there anybody in here expecting to flourish in 2024? Flourishing in your health, flourishing in your finances, flourishing in your marriage, flourishing in your your singleness. I I just want to hear the flourishers make some noise in the building. 
Yeah, yeah. My God. So Moses continues in verse 8 and 9. Look what he says. He says, now the Lord God has planted a garden in the east of Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kind of trees grow out of the ground. He didn't go to Lowe's, Home Depot. He said, out of the ground he caused them to come up. Trees that were pleasing to the eyes, to the eye, and good for food. And in the middle of the garden where the, where the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So God planted a garden in Eden, in the east of Eden, with all kind of trees. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine? Just, just go with me for a minute. Can you imagine uh, peach trees and uh, uh, cran uh, cranberry trees and, you know, apple trees and uh, fig trees. I mean, can you imagine all these things that God prepared for man, beautiful to look at, but also he created it to consume. I don't know about anybody else, but has anybody ever been to the Bitmore house in Asheville? Ash I, I mean, if you've ever gone there, I mean, not only is the house spectacular, but the grounds are spectacular. I mean, I went there when I was in business and just to look at the grounds, just to see the, uh, uh, the, the meticulous layout of, of the ground and trees and how they position things and, you know, the color of things. I, I mean, it just, it just it overwhelms you. Can you imagine? Yeah how the garden was. Now this was not just your backyard green grass garden. Yeah, I hear you, it was perfect. God laid it out just for man. Provided everything that man needed. I mean, think about that. I mean, in iniquity, only kings had gardens. The gardens of Eden were, I mean, not just some fancy local neighborhood backyard with green grass and fancy hedges. This king's garden was magnificent, a place of bliss and beauty. The Hebrew word for Eden actually uh, means a well-watered place. I mean, and also when studied, it, it means abundance. So God has more than enough for man that he, had, he didn't have to look for anything else. God provided everything that he would ever need because God always gives us more than enough. Yeah, I know sometimes we don't realize that or appreciate that, but truly God has given us more than enough. And if we can see that, then we can rejoice with God. But look what Moses goes on to say. He says, not only did God provide shrubs and trees and fruit but look look what the text says in 10 it says a river watering the garden flowed from eden from there it was separated into four headwaters the name of the first was pasong it's when it it winds through the entire land of havela where there is gold the gold the gold the gold of that land was good aromatic reasons and Onyx are also there. The name of the second river was Gihon. 
It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher. And the fourth river is Euphrates. The abundance in the garden depended on fresh water. Yeah, it depended on fresh. You need fresh water to live. So God had provided not only one source of water, but he provides four sources that if one dried up, understand there was an access to another one because that's what God does. God always provides an abundance of what we need in order to bless our life. And after God provided these things, Moses goes on to tell us in 15 and 17, the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden. After he had prepared everything, now Adam arrives. He takes him, puts him in the garden to work it, to take care of it. Because how many know, yeah, there's, there's some things we got to do. That God is just not going to prepare things uh, w- w- without some responsibility on our half. Right. So he takes the man. He tells him to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat. Listen to what he says. You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely or you will certainly die. Now, there's much in this particular text, and over the course of of these several weeks, we're going to dive into it. But let's look at a few. God provides all of this in a peaceful king's garden called abundance. He provides it. God shows us that he can provide everything we need. Yeah. That he can provide a place to live, food to eat, a job to do. And in verse 18 and 25, understand he provides a partner, a community, and support when he created Eve. So God is the great provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. How many can attest to that in your life, that you know that God is a provider? But in chapter 3, God reveals something else. And this is where we really want to park at. He, He reveals something else. He reveals to us, first, he reveals what he expects from his creation. So he reveals to us who we are. He reveals to us what he has provided. And now in chapter 3, he reveals to us what he expects. Because God's got an expectation for each and every one of us. You believe that? I mean, just like parents, you got an expectation for your child. Wives, you got an expectation for your husband. Husband, you got an expectation for, uh, for your wife. There's an expectation that our Father has for each and every one of us. So in chapter 3, we see here, verses 1, let's look at this. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say, hmm, you must not eat? From any tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees of the garden, but God did say, yeah, he did say, you must not eat the fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. 
What happens here? Uh, a lot of things happen here. One, one thing we see legalism here because we got to understand that God never said, now don't touch the tree. Yeah, that's another sermon in itself, so I'm not even going to mess with that. Yeah, because we like to, we like to, well, I'm not, I'm not even going there. Uh, but what we see here, we see the seed of desire sown here. Yeah, the serpent comes along and sows the seed of desire, waters the lie, and sin comes on the scene. The serpent contra- never contradicts God's command. He just rephrases it, rephrases it in such a way that it's negative. Can I suggest that he's doing the same thing today? He knows the word of God inside out. Often he does not uh, uh, contradict it, but he will rephrase it. He will cause you to doubt whether uh, is this what God said or is this what he meant. You know how we are. Uh, because of our intelligence, because of our degrees on the wall. You know, sometimes uh, uh, we want to uh, rephrase what God has said because we've got an education now and we think it means this when God has already said what it meant. Ah, uh, y'all ain't gonna help me. Uh, so while God emphasizes to the humans, you are free too. Yeah, Satan flips and begins with, God said, you must not. So the serpent, what he does is he casts doubt on God's motives and makes it seem like God is trying to protect his power and his position. Yeah, yeah. So Satan wants us to doubt whether God really loves us or not. Yeah, you know, you may be going through something. And it may be a little difficult for you, but you've been praying and you've been fasting. You've been trusting God. And the enemy came, comes and says, well, if God really loved you, he won't let you go through that. If God really loves you, you know, he'll bless your request. Yeah, he wants to sow a seed of doubt into our minds where we doubt the love that God has for each and every one of us, but we understand that God has a greater love than no man for each and every one of us. I mean, for him to lay down his life uh, for each and every one of us to come down through 42 generations when he didn't have to, die on a cross, be, be persecuted, put in a grave, but thanks God that he loved us so much that he got up. Oh, I got to go. So Moses tells us what Eve does. Yeah. Verse 6 and 7 says, When the woman saw that the fruit, that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave it to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. And they went out and cut off some fig leaves. Yeah. Cut on the fig when they really should have been cutting on them. Yeah. How often do we cut on other things when we need to be cutting on ourselves? Off, we're trying to fix somebody else's situation 
Yeah. When God said, I need you to work on you. You know, the old folks used to say we're sweeping around somebody else's front door when you should be sweeping around yours. You know how we do. So Adam and Eve had everything they could possibly want and the resources to get everything they thought the tree had to offer. But here it is. They wanted more. Hmm. They wanted more. I mean, when Eve looked at the tree, it was no longer just a tree. Now it's possibility. <laughs> what if? I mean, a tantalizing taste, a distorting desire, a hunger for more, a belief that God is withholding something better, something good. Yeah, something more. Understand, they were no longer hungry for fruit. Hmm. They were hungry for more. Yeah. But can I suggest, this doesn't only sound like Adam and Eve, but it sounds like us. Yeah. Hungry for more. Hungry for more power. Hungry for more control. Hungry for more freedom. Hungry for more stuff. Hungry for bigger and better. A bigger house. A bigger wardrobe. Bigger lips. Bigger hips. Hungry, hungry, hungry for more. Hungry for the latest, the latest thing. Yeah. Yeah, not only Adam and Eve. But the truth of the matter is, is that we live in a society that promotes more. We're bombarded daily with promotions on social media, television, billboards, everywhere we look. I mean, all designed to shape our needs and direct our desires. Yeah. Yeah, to keep us in the vein. Yeah, I wonder sometimes when I look at the... The, at my Apple computer, there's an apple on the back, and it has a bite taken out of it. Yeah. There are a lot of things that are being done subliminal. Yeah. A lot of things, if you notice, I mean, you can, you can almost think about stuff. And lo and behold, there it is on your Facebook. <laughs> you can say a word. And all of a sudden, there's an ad. Because society is trying to, to get us to, to, to be in that vein of hungering for, for more. Because when we hunger for more uh, of the wrong thing, we sacrifice the right thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But how many know that more doesn't make you happy? Yeah. I'm going to say this. In Joseph Novella's new book, The Myth of More, he expresses that people constantly chase after happiness, but in confusing happiness with desire. They set themselves up for continual frustration and failure. Pleasure is a short-term high that comes from without, while happiness is an inviting an abiding serenity that comes from within. 
It lies in accepting who we are right now and what we have right now. Yeah. Happiness is found in harmonizing one's dream with God's will. See, because when we are in the will of God, in the vein of God, we're not so pressed to achieve more on our own because we understand that if I'm with God, God will provide exactly what I need. Uh, I mean, the Bible tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto us. The Bible telling us, it's already telling us that we, if we seek God, if we desire more of him, then we don't have to worry about anything else. God knows the desires of our heart, and because he knows the desires of our heart, when we're in vain with him, he releases what we need in our life. Uh, uh, but I think, I think the truth of the matter is, is that the church has been guilty of promoting the myth of more. Because there are more sermons preached, yeah, about what you can get than about who God has called you to be. Uh, yeah, we like to shout and holler off of things, a new house, a new car, a new job. That's true. God will do that. But the truth of the matter is he has to be our focus. Uh, yeah, he has to be our focus. Adam and Eve refused to be content with what God had provided. And the truth is that if you're not content with what we have, we will never be content with what we would like to have. You know I'm telling the truth. Uh, because you can buy it new uh, in three or four months. The newness wears off. Yeah, you'll see something that catches your eye. Because there's always the next, always the bigger, always the better. But the truth of the matter is, sometimes we have to spend time being content with where we are and what God has already done and appreciate that. Uh, matter of fact, if you, if you, if you study it it, it, it talks about being content, how uh, contentment uh, uh, allows you to have less stress and less worry. Uh, there, there's something in the brain, it, release, it, it releases uh, um, uh, lubrication in the brain that makes the brain, matter of fact, work better. Amen. Why? Because it's not bottled down with trying to get, get, get. Uh, so there comes a time when we just have to praise God for where we are and what he's done and thank him and glorify him and magnify his name. No, I may not have it yet. Uh, but I ain't going to sacrifice God in order to get it. No, I'm going to serve him because in serving him, uh, I'll see it catch up with me. Goodness and mercy shall follow me. There's going to be some stuff coming behind me, trying to walk me down, trying to catch up with me. I wish I had a witness in here where you ain't got the toll for it. No, God will just show you favor. He'll just open up a door uh, in the middle of nothing and cause it to come to pass in your life. Ah, uh, oh God, I'm over my time. Uh, uh, yeah, I skipped that. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. So the myth of more, the myth of more. 
Nothing more. I'm, I'm closing. So this morning, which branch in your life needs pruning? As you sit there, as you think about your life, which branch needs to be cut? I mean, wh where is it at that needs to be snipped off? I mean, is it hiding behind something? I mean, where's, where's the dead place, you know, that needs to be cut off? You know, it's weighing me down that I can't praise God, I can't glorify Him. It's weighing me down, it's keeping me up at night. It's wearing me down, it's, you know, it's causing me to feel depressed. Where, where is it at? I, I need to cut it off. Yeah, it's not, not doing me any good. Yeah. You know, if, if you don't cut it off, it's like cancer to spread, you know, so you got you to gotta cut it, you got to find the source of it, you got to find, you got to cut it off. What, what is it, what is it this morning in your life that needs to be cut off? so that you can grow and walk with God in 2024? What is it that you've been holding on to that you need to cut off? Yeah. Yeah. What, what is it that, I mean, is it a mindset? Is it some disappointment that you've experienced that all you can think about day in and day out is that disappointment? Is it some regret you know, you look back over your life and you wish you had done that, but, I mean, that's past. You can't do nothing about it. I mean, oftentimes we spend so much energy and so much time focusing on what we can't change. Trying to reach in the past and trying to do things to the past, but the past is the past, and God's got a brighter future in store for you. Yeah, it's bright ahead, but often we can't see it because we're looking back. Yeah, we're looking back, and I, I, I'm found out in life. I used to run track when I was in middle school, and I used to play football, and I, I vividly remember, you know, I, 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 a specific play that I, I got the ball, and, you know, I, I, I ran and was almost at the touchdown, but because I kept looking back, it slowed me down. And the more I looked back, the more I saw the opposing team gaining. And where I could have made a touchdown, I got tackled because I looked back. God doesn't want us always looking back. 2023 is gone. 2022 is gone. God's got a brighter 24 for each and every one of us. Yeah. Is it some is it anger that you need to cut off? You know, you just got anger on the inside. Every time people see you angry, you're talking about, that's just me. No, no, no. No. Doesn't have to be you. Doesn't have to be you. Is it bitterness? Is it some sin that keeps cripping up, cripping in? Got its hold on you. And it won't let go. Is it some wrong desire? Is it some habit? Is it some addiction? Is it some stronghold of the enemy? Is it some negative thought? Is it jealousy? Is it envy? Is it strife? Is it 
you have more desire for that that's material than you do God. God said, I, I need you to snip, snip. I, I need you to snip, snip. I need you to do some snipping. I need you to do some surgery in your life. I mean, this is the, this is the first month of the year. <laughs> yeah, y'all hear you. <laughs> he said, if you snip now, <laughs> he said he allow the rest to flourish. Yeah, if you snip in the beginning, he allow the rest to flourish. And see, what's amazing about that is that oftentimes when we snip, what's produced is better than what was there before. <laughs> He'll increase that thing. It'll be more beautiful. Why? Because you've cut out everything else and you've allowed the wind of God to be able to blow in. You've allowed the sunshine to be able to shine in your life that it may grow and mature and strengthen. Glory to God. Huh? And the thing that had you in last year won't have you in this year. No, no, you'll be able to be strong and bold and be able to walk in the purpose and destiny. Who am I talking to in this building? Huh? Because God want to do some great and marvelous things in your life in 2024. And I'm not saying you can't have things, but you can't ha let things have you. Uh, yeah, because he already says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added. So if the things were bad, he wouldn't have never said that he would add it. It's just the position. It's just the position. Yeah, I, I got to push, position myself in 2024 to seek more of God. To seek him. He said, if I seek him, it said he would add. Ah, yeah, he would add. I, I won't have to do it. He will add. He'll let favor break out from nowhere. He'll let people that have business, people be calling you. You wonder how in the world they got your number. Huh? Yeah, yeah. People be coming asking you for, do you want that promotion? You be like, well, I, I didn't apply for it. Well, well I, I see you. God, God sees you. He positioned you. I, I mean, God will do... Uh, who am I talking to? Glory to God. Uh, come on and rest on your feet. If you're in this building on today, as our altar workers come, and you know that there's something in your life that needs snipping, you ought to make your way to this altar so somebody can touch and agree with you on today. Don't be ashamed of the snipping. The Bible said we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's nobody perfect but God. There's something in all of us that need to be better. Glory to God. God would never send his word if he's not going to do something in our life. He's going to do it. But you got to take a step. That if you take a step, you do your part. He said, I'll do mine. If you do your part, he says, I will do mine. I'll snip what you can't snip. But whatever you can, I, I need you to give it up. I, I need you to acknowledge it.
See, change doesn't happen until we acknowledge where we are. You got to acknowledge, yeah, I got this going on. I got that going on. And that's what the enemy doesn't want. He doesn't want us to acknowledge it. He doesn't want us to confess it. Because he knows that if we keep it in, it's going to keep us bound. But I hear, I hear the Lord say he want to set free. He want to deliver. He want to break some yokes. Glory to God. He want to do it in this month, January. Huh? Because he's got some expectations. February, March, April, May, June, July. Uh, he's got some other things that are destined and planned for your life. Glory to God. He needs you to be a little lighter to obtain it. Would you come? Would you come? Come on, I'm my prayer warriors. I need you praying. I need you praying. My intercessors, pray, pray, pray. Open your mouth. Pray. You speak, speak in tongue. Go ahead and open your mouth. Let's get this atmosphere. Ah, yep, yep, yep. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, open your mouth. Open your mouth. Open your mouth. Come on. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. There's a breaking. There's a liberation. The breaking. There's a liberation. Yep. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Ah. Glory, glory, glory. Glory. Thank you, God. Do what you want to do, Lord. Ah. We're open. We're willing. Manifest yourself, God. Oh, God, we're hungry. We're thirsting after righteousness. Oh, God, you said we'd be filled. Oh, God, pour out your will, God. We offer these things up to you, God. We can't do it, Lord. We need you. We offer these up to you. Oh, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on, come on, yep. Come on, come on, press, press, press. Yep, come on, come on. Fill me up, Yes. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Fill me up, God. Come on. Fill me up. He want to fill you up. Fill me up, That's your cup overflow. Come on. Open your mouth, Lord. Fill me, fill me, fill me, fill me, fill me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fill me, come on, come on, come on. Fill me up, yep. Till I overflow, I wanna run over. I wanna run over. Anybody wanna run over? Fill me Come on. up till I overflow. I wanna run over. I wanna run over. Come on, come on, come on. Press in. Come on, come on, come on. He's gonna do it. I wanna run over. He's gonna do it. Yes. I wanna run. Come on, come on. Fill me up. I can't like hear you. Come on. I want, I want to run over. 
wanna run over. I wanna run over. I wanna run over. I wanna run over.
wanna run over with your presence i wanna run over fill me up yeah i wanna run over thank you father i wanna run over so fill me We don't want to leave today without opening the doors of the church. If there's somebody this year, you don't have a place to call home. We open the doors of faith to be your home. Because I don't believe that God wants us to go into a new year without having a covering, without being planted in a place that will help strengthen and empower us so that we could be everything that God has called us to be. So if that's you on today, would you come? Would you come? Would you come? Glory to God. Would you come? My God, thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Glory. God has proven himself already this year. I think we've had six people to join already. And I just believe he's just going to keep on doing things. Because we're a church after the heart of God. It's not about form or fashion. It's not about me or first lady. But it's about him. We want him to get the glory. We want him to be out front. Because when he's out front, the Bible said that he'll do the drawing. He'll get the glory. And that's what we want as a church. Amen? Amen. Well, come on and put your hands together. Amen. Thank God today for all the answered prayers. Amen. On today. Thank you for those that were willing, amen, to come to the altar and just acknowledge you know, some things in your life that need to be snipped. And what I love about that, God, God is seeing. God is observing, you know, our sacrifice and what we want and are willing to give up for him. Because ultimately, it's about him. Amen? Amen. Come on, put your hands together one more time. Last Sunday, I, I meant to mention that we had, in preparation for our fast, we talked about washing your face and anointing yourself. Uh, we prepared some oil uh, out front, uh, little vials of oil. Uh, they've been packaged and prayed over. Uh, if you like, you can pick up one. Uh, one. Pick up one. Uh, so that you can uh, anoint yourself. Uh, anoint your house. I mean, parents, you ought to be anointing your children. Amen. Before they go to school, before they leave the house. Uh, so that's critical. Uh, I think today, uh, our Foundation 101 classes, uh, you can sign up for them in the, in the gathering area. Uh, again, that's going to happen on the fourth Wednesday of this month. We have some incredible teachers that are going to be teaching these classes. Uh, so please, as you leave, uh, stop by the, the table or tables. Uh, I think the teachers are going to be out there as well. Uh, and, you know, put your name down as to which one uh, you like uh, to be a part of. Uh, if there's more in one class than the other, we may have to move you. 
Uh, so please, uh, let's, let's don't just go in, in one or two classes, but spread it out. You'll be able to alternate uh, throughout the year uh, on those classes, okay? All right. Men's Roundtable, Wednesday. All the men, all the men. Amen. They're providing uh, food for you. Uh, it's going to be a time, uh, again, where we can fellowship and uh, uh, just, you know, talk about what's going to take place uh, for us as men in 2024. Uh, it's going to be a time of empowerment as well. Uh, it's great when men come together. Uh, 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 women don't have an uh, have an issue with that. Uh, but you know, as men, we have to make we have to make sure. Wives, you ought to you ought to make sure your husband uh, is here. You ought to push him. You you have a you have great influence in their life. Great influence in their life. You ought to want your man to be strong spiritually. Uh, okay, uh, so please encourage them. Uh, to be a part, okay? All right, so we said that this year is a year of escalation, elevation, and exposure. I was sitting here uh, studying this week. Um, I saw a young lady get out of the car. Uh, she went to the pharmacy first, and then she came to our door. I typically don't go to the door. Uh, Mia's been on vacation. Uh, uh, Mia's been on vacation, but I typically don't go to the door. Uh, but this time, uh, she was going back to her car. I did open the door uh, just to see um, what she was needing. Uh, and she came back, so she was with uh, the Red Cross. Uh, she was with the Red Cross. And she said that they're looking for a place to do a blood drive. Uh, she said that she was, she wanted us to partner with the sorority sisters that have, that are in the Clayton area and they're looking for a place to partner so that they can host a, a blood drive. I knew the young lady. I actually went to middle school with her. Uh, she recognized me, but I didn't recognize her. Uh, she had a mask on. But she said that she was at one of the Clayton pharmacies, and she said that they were initially thinking of doing the blood drive at the pharmacy, but somebody told her about Faith City. Somebody said, I think it would be good for you to go down there and see if y'all can partner with them to host the blood drive uh, here in Clayton. And I said, you know, that, that's just like God. I mean, stuff is just going to come at you. You know, you're not going to be expecting it. Uh, but that's going to be a way for us to do greater outreach in the Clayton area. Um, so I'm just excited, you know, in, in, in what God is going to do. He's just going to do things like that in this year, uh, in the life of this church and in the life of each and every one of us. I just believe that. Uh, so um, we're going to talk next week and kind of coordinate a date uh, to be able to do that. Um, she looked at the annex. Annex is going to be a great area for them to be able to do it, uh, set up the tables and have people come in and out. They're going to do all the promoting for it and everything. Uh, we don't have to do nothing. They said that if we had two volunteers, that's all we need. Uh, so, you know, th that's going to be a great, great time um, because we want to give back to our community. We want to be not a church inside the walls, you know, shouting and praising God, but we want to we do that too, but we want to be an impact, an influence in this area. Uh, and that's going to be one of the ways that we do it. Uh, okay? All right. Amen. Come on and rest on your feet. Amen. I know people are ready to get out and get some get some get some food. Women's Wednesday, yes. Not only are the men's men's meeting on Wednesday, but the women are meeting, amen, for the, on Wednesday, 
Y'all are going to be in the sanctuary. I think y'all will be going over y'all first study. Uh, so it's going to be an exciting time uh, as well. All right. I know people are ready to get out of here and get some food. I don't know what day you're fasting, what day you chose to fast. Uh, but I, I know you, you're ready to get some food now. All right. Amen. Come on and lift our hands to what We thank God for our guests. Come on and salute our guests. Thank God for you being here on today. Father, we're so thankful that you have allowed us to come into your house where we can worship and praise you, where we can see our brothers and sisters in the Lord. And Father, we thank you for your word, God, encouraging us, Lord, to branch out. But in order to branch out, sometimes we have to snip some things in our life. We have to cut them back so that we can flourish like you called us and planned and purposed us to flourish. So Father, I pray that we would take this word and just saturated in our life. God, that if there's anything in us, God, that we can examine it, that we can cut it out so that we can be more like you. God, we want to be everything that you called us to be in 2024, and we know it's going to take some pruning. So, Father, we thank you. Be with us this week as we leave this place, but not your presence. This is our prayer in Jesus' name, and the church said, amen. God bless you. Have an awesome week on purpose.